studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The big PR push for White House officials is redefining infrastructure as being about more than roads and bridges to include replacing lead pipes. There's hundreds of flints all across America. And encouraging green innovation. Imagine a world where you and your family can travel coast to coast without a single tank of gas or in a high-speed train close to as fast as you can go across the country in a plane. All funded by new taxes on businesses. I'm not trying to punish anybody, but damn it. Maybe it's because I come from a middle-class neighborhood. I'm sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced. Um, why is it better to go in a train that's almost as fast as a plane? Why don't I go in the plane that's faster? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll I mean, go- if they're falling out of the sky like one out of ten, <laughs> then okay, give me the train. Um, so this two point three dollar or two point three trillion dollar infrastructure plan. Infrastructure is generally defined as basic physical and organizational structures and facilities, such as building, buildings, roads, and power supplies. But uh, the uh, definition has been broadened over recent weeks to include all kinds of different things. As Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York yesterday, tweeted, Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. So everything is infrastructure. All spending is infrastructure. Uh, I mean, if caregiving is infrastructure, what is not? Ben Shapiro responded with, unicorns are infrastructure. Love is infrastructure. Herpes is infrastructure. Everything is infrastructure. (laughs) Exactly. Journalist Josh Barrow joked, I don't know him, mayonnaise is infrastructure. It supports the other flavors in the sandwich. The bread is also infrastructure, but the well, meat the and bread cheese is clearly infrastructure. But the meat and cheese and tomatoes are not infrastructure, and making the sandwich is not infrastructure. But the plate is infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the idea being, if everything is infrastructure, nothing is infrastructure. So, uh, that's an interesting conversation on its own. Um, Sean pointed out off the air that this is not the name of this bill is like the. United States Jobs Plan or something like that. So why people refer to it as an infrastructure bill is kind of interesting to start with. Well, that was the early sales pitch, and that just goes to show how easy it is to set the the narrative. You call it an infrastructure bill. Everybody realizes, wait, only a tiny fraction is, is what you could reasonably define as infrastructure, but everybody, including notably Fox News, continues to call it the infrastructure plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been told for years, if you follow politics at all, why not? Why do they put through an infrastructure bill? I remember this during Obama, during Trump, and now during Biden. Because there's agreement. Everybody agrees. Our roads are crumbling. Our bridges are crumbling. We haven't invested in infrastructure in so many years. We're behind the rest of the world. Blah, 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 blah. I've plunged to my death into a river three times already this year. And I've heard that for so many years from so many different outlets that I'd just taken it as uh, a, a truism that our infrastructure is crumbling. Well... Charles Lane of the Washington Post wrote an opinion piece yesterday. No, America's infrastructure is not crumbling. Um, and he talks about however many million square miles we have of uh, this and that and bridges and roads and all the different things. Knitting this vast and varied territory together are 2.7 million miles of paved roads, more than 500 commercial airports, and more than 615,000 bridges. 
approximately 140,000 miles of freight railroad and more than 300 ports in the coastways. Miraculous as these engineering marvels are, it would be even more amazing if some U.S. infrastructure, say the Boston to Washington passenger rail corridor, up to 10 million homes that still get their water through lead pipes or Texas's electric grid, did not need expensive modernization or, or replacement. But the task before us is not to rescue the neglected crumbling system, as President Biden put it while announcing his $2 trillion American jobs plan. Um, in rare agreement with his predecessor, Donald Trump, who pitched his own infrastructure bill without success, the real challenge is to take what is by any reasonable measure the best or nearly the best infrastructure in the world and to sustain improvements that have already been occurring in recent years. Biden, for instance, warned that U.S. infrastructure is ranked 13th in the world, as if that were shameful to outscore the other 90% of the 141 economies analyzed in the World Economic Forum. In fact, 13th place represents an upward shift of about 10 spots since 2012. In other words, we've spent quite a bit of money already and moved Mm -hmm. up the list. Of the 12 economies that that organization ranks ahead of the United States, three, Singapore, Hong Kong, and the UAE, are tiny coastal city-states, so it's patently spurious to compare their infrastructure challenge with the United States. So already we should move up three slots. Right. Among the 10 that we are now in the top 10 with, uh, geographically largest countries, including Canada, Australia, China, and Russia, the United States places first based on their own criteria. The United States is also top among the 10, 10 most populous countries. If you take the biggest countries in the world, we're, we're in first place. Oh, my place. gosh. Boy, what a beautiful illustration of how you hear a statistic and think you know what it's describing, but it's completely misleading. I mean, you got some uh, Singapore which is really an amazing place and worth studying, but it's a city with, like, a port and a few dozen miles of highway. So, of course, they're going to keep them, you know, shiny clean and, 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 and fixed. He said if you if you put all everything in together in a more fair way, the United States is definitely in the top five in the world in terms of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WEF ratings rest largely on a subjective survey in which business executives rate their country's roads, ports, and air and rail services on a scale of 1 to 7. This tells against the United States because the rail quality question does not distinguish between passenger, which is not good in the United States, for reasons that, you know, we're just we're different than Europe. That doesn't make any sense to have. Well, and Eisenhower built an astonishing interstate highway system, but decreasing the need for passenger rail traffic. And there's not a there's not a hue and cry for more passenger trains. There just isn't. No. But anyway, they don't distinguish between passenger and freight. The U.S. is great at freight rail, not good at passenger rail. To repeat, there's no reason for complacency about U.S. infrastructure, yet alarmist generalizations don't help us identify the most pressing needs with the greatest potential economic benefits. They might pave the way to wasted resources and public disenchantment. So what this is is a lefty who's concerned that a whole bunch of money is going to get spent on something that's not a crisis and won't be available for other things that he does care about. I might not care about him, but he does. Right. That's been my argument to our liberal friends for the longest time. Become a fiscal conservative, because then government will have money for a truly serious need. If they throw it around willy-nilly at their cronies all the time, and you've got the incredibly inefficient bureau of this, and the redundant bureau of that, and the permanent gigantic bureau of that, that nobody can figure out what they accomplish, and then you come to me and say, we need real mental health care in this country. 
so we need more money. We would have more money than you could dream of. We'd, we'd have, like, luxury hotels for the mentally ill if we could just tighten up our loose spending a little bit. Well, if you wanted to look at California, you could put every homeless person in a, an apartment for who knows, maybe forever. Hell, buy him a 2,500-square-foot house. With the, money yeah. you, with the money you spent on the stupid nobody-wants-it bullet train. That in 15 years, if California is lucky, will go from Bakersfield to Merced. If you don't know the area, look at it in a map and guffaw. So that's basically exactly what Charles Lane is doing for the whole United States. Is saying, look, we have great infrastructure. We're in the top five in the entire world. There's a few things that need fixed, but don't use them as an example of the whole country. We're doing great. So let's save that money for other stuff. Now, he and I might disagree there. Sure. But let's not spend it wastefully. Uh, just because we've all bought the narrative that our... How many times have I heard Republicans and Democrats saying, our roads and bridges are crumbling? Sure. Our yeah. airports are a disaster. And I've just thought, okay, you know, I don't I don't travel around the world checking out bridges and airports and roads, so I've never really thought about it. I'll take your word for it. Well, here's yeah. somebody who actually thought about it, looked at the statistics, and we're doing fine. Right. You know what's interesting about that survey, and folks, you will hear that survey quoted many times, or that that poll, uh, 13th ranked. I'm sure you'll hear it out of the Biden administration 30 times, and there will be zero pushback or perspective from any media. But it's a, it's a survey of business leaders, and their answer has everything to do with their expectations. And so we have very, very high expectations for our infrastructure in this country. So countries that are beleaguered and nobody expects crap out of them will do better. It's like if you sent a bunch of people with like a $50 million net worth to a hotel and ask those people, what do you think of that hotel? They might say, eh, it's really disappointing. But you'd go there and think, this is a great hotel. I love this. So, yeah, we're penalized by our high standards and high expectations. But as always, I will point out and then I will shut up. Money flowing through government is money to the government. It's to the people in the government. It's to the cronies and relatives of the people in the government. They always cook up some noble-sounding reason why more and more money should flow through the government. And all they ask is (laughs) just a little bit for me and a little bit for him and a little bit for him. And these programs never go away, and they fleece the taxpayers. Thanks for taking my money, asshole. In short, yes, that's what I was trying to say. No monkeys have been found in Cincinnati. That's an update on an important story. Were Um, they being sought? Multiple 911 calls overnight in Cincinnati of monkeys being spotted running around. So far, no monkeys have been spotted. So we'll get into the details of that. Wow. Wow. The French French Army training with Boston Dynamics robots in a uh, terrifying leap forward for humanity. Great, Scott. And I'd feared this. It looks like there's another mass shooting. Uh, developing story right as we speak. In South Carolina, five are dead. As we all know, the early reporting on these stories is almost always wrong. But it certainly will be more um, fodder for the gun discussion and everything else that goes around that issue. Wow. Wow. So Terrible. Uh, we'll bring up speed on all these things. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Hey, just a little real life taken in media. I'll tell you what. So there's a uh, breaking story of uh, what they're calling a mass shooting on CNN. I went to, to, to Twitter. You get way more details way faster on Twitter and breaking news stories. And it, this has been true for years now. But if, if you're into news and, y- you know, you hear about a story, Twitter beats every newspaper, every, well, sometimes it is a report from a newspaper, but it's a, a newspaper reporter and it shows up on Twitter before it shows up on their newspaper site for whatever reason. Twitter's just the fastest way to get anything on a breaking news story uh, for whatever reason, for better or worse. Yeah, I got to refine my list. I got I got like blunt edge Twitter. It's a zillion people talking about their cats. So CNN had uh, five people dead in a mass shooting. Well, uh, on Twitter, it, you and the other thing you get on Twitter is you get a neighbor. You know, somebody who's like a block away from whatever just happened, with sometimes a video of it long before it shows up in any of your news sites. But anyway, uh, some pro football player killed his doctor and the doctor's whole family. It looks like so. It, and now everybody's jumping to some sort of CTE conclusion in the Twitter forums. And, but well, who knows? Were, I think they were either neighbors or the guy was hiding in a house nearby. But, yeah, it appears to be a personal beef of some sort. Um, you know, I'm, this is apropos probably of very little, but uh, there have been uh, the narratives been kicking around. Speaking of narratives that people just repeat mindlessly that virtually all mass shooters are white. Well, Andy No has been tweeting uh, the mugshots of every mass shooter that's four or more people shot in America over the last uh, several years. And they are, uh, they are uh, I will just say they are definitely not all white. In fact, they're prominently, definitely, definitely not all white. So if you hear that, it's not true. No monkeys have been found in Cincinnati after multiple 911 calls overnight. Sounds like the uh, opening line in a very weird Leonard Cohen song. Maybe Bob Dylan. Cincinnati police have located no monkeys following reports that primates had been seen. Uh, Police said at least two calls were received Wednesday night. At least two. Uh, But dispatchers were not (laughs) able. How many? Was it two or three? (laughs) We lost count. But dispatchers were not able to make further contact with the callers. I saw a monkey clicking. Another dispatch in another suburb of Cincinnati reported receiving at least one call about loose monkeys and then transferred that call to Cincinnati. Uh, Transferred to downtown. That's where they deal with the monkeys. We don't know how to deal with monkeys. Sergeant O'Leary, monkey desk here. Monkeys aren't a suburb thing. Come on. Downtown knows how to handle monkeys. Uh, Police said no one claiming to own a monkey has made a report. The Cincinnati Zoo reported no missing monkeys. I tell you what, my monkey uh, scampers out the window. I'm not calling the cops. No. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, uh, if there's a loose monkey biting people, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Monkey, what monkey? Sir, I see a cage in your living room and monkey chow. I like it. Here, let me. It's good. It's good. You want a handful? (laughs) I've never owned a monkey. Why do you have roller, why do you have roller skates and a cigar? Uh, it's my act, not the monkeys. Sure, I see a stack of uh, copies of Monkey Owner Monthly in your, <laughs> on your coffee table there. Uh, a video shared on Facebook started to circulate, allegedly showing monkeys in a tree, but it was not determined whether or not that was real or recent. Some <laughs> black and white footage from Africa. <laughs> 
Well, you know, if you're going <laughs> to waste the cop's time on, on garbage, uh, I suppose that's better than swatting somebody or what have you. Joe, since 2012, the state of Ohio has only allowed certain animals to be owned. There are restrictions against lions, tigers, bears, elephants, certain monkeys, rhinos, alligators, crocodiles, anacondas, and pythons longer than 12 feet, certain, oh. certain vipers, and all venomous snakes. In case you were wondering what the laws are in Ohio. So can I or can I not own an alligator in Ohio? Owners who have registered their animals and met caging and care standards can keep their animals as long as they live. But they can't buy new ones or breed those they have. So that's your your grandfathered in on your monkey if you'd already had a monkey in 2012 when the law was passed. Assuming he hasn't escaped onto the streets of Cincinnati. I don't own a monkey. Sure, I notice your walls are stained with thrown feces. <laughs> You're wearing a T-shirt that says, who has two thumbs and owns a monkey? This guy. Look, sometimes I lose my temper, I hurl my own feces around. That doesn't prove nothing. <laughs> you get nothing from me. Oh, speaking of interactions with the cops, and obviously a tragic one, uh, the Chauvin uh, trial goes on, the Derek Chauvin trial. The number of activists who are openly vowing there will be riots and burning if it goes the wrong way. And getting zero pushback, isn't that a little odd? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Marty. We live in the West Village. We have been working together on some training techniques for separation anxiety for when I go back to work so that he doesn't feel as anxious and so neither do I. This is the in your bed technique and this is to help him realize that this is a safe place for him to go when I am away. We work on this several times a day so that he gets used to being in his bed anytime I say in your bed. That is a pet trainer talking about the separation anxiety that may result when you go back to work in person after working remotely. Mm. And how you should show them that laying in your bed is a safe place. On the uh, Unfortunately, that is on the other side of a great dividing line. Uh, I, there is no dang dog ever going to be in my bed. I know a lot of you, my friends, neighbors, countrymen, allow your dogs to sleep in your bed with you. That's fine. Well, Never going to happen. Well, if your wife didn't agree with you, that would be quite a problem. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I would find some other issue to give on. Yes, we will remodel the kitchen, and the dog <laughs> will remain unbedded, at least in my bed. But that's just me. Uh, it, I wasn't going to bring this I up. But I think it's insane to have animals in your bed. If it costs me five minutes of sleep, out. That's just me. That would I don't know the I don't know the actual statistic, but that would eliminate. I'm guessing forty percent of women you could be married to in America. Is that right? I That'd wonder be, what those numbers be, are. Somewhere in that range, I'd guess. Hey, Either uh, dogs Sean, or cats. Sean, take a look. A percentage of people whose pets sleep in their beds. That's funny. It's unthinkable to me. But again, I, there are some issues. I am harshly judgmental of those who disagree with me. On this one, no. Live your life the way you want. I just can't imagine it. 
Uh, anyway, uh, interestingly enough, a total of 46 respondents to Microsoft's gigantic employment survey that they did uh, recently, 46% say they're planning to move to a new location this year, a reflection of the greater flexibility to work from home. Almost half, 41% of those surveyed said they're mulling leaving their jobs. That's got to be way higher than normal. So the first survey I found was put on by a mattress company, so <sighs> take that for what it's worth. Uh, but according to this... Um, uh, 43% say they let their pets sleep with them every night. 71% um, allow it occasionally. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You know, uh, one factor might be that I have a 75-pound dog. Well, he's 72 pounds, but um, I weigh him every day and, and belittle him if he gets fat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost went further on that riff, but it's too painful. Oh, uh, let's no, see. So what it's, else not, is it? it's no kind of like judgment of uh, uh, from me of a character or about anything other than I don't get as I can't sleep as well. That's the yeah. only thing. Yeah. Well, that's the one iron fast rule in my house is Daddy gets his sleep because uh, everybody loses if Daddy doesn't. Uh, so forty one percent say they're mulling leaving their jobs. What does mulling le- mean? I mull all sorts of stuff I would never do. Right. Uh, the data burnout is widespread among people who are. The, the The problem is, when does the workday end when you're working from home? I think at least a little bit. Practically everybody moles leaving their job, don't they? Who Who is so overjoyed with their job they never even think about it? Me. <laughs> God bless you, Michael. Uh, and uh, data burnout is widespread. Fifty five, fifty four percent of workers said they're overworked. Thirty nine percent said. Ex-housted. So, total change of topic. I just thought I'd throw that on as long as we're talking about uh, living and moving, that sort of thing. Uh, Jason Rantz, our uh, colleague in Seattle, has been chronicling the bums and junkies issues in that formerly great city. <clears throat> oh, which reminds me, I got a text from a buddy of mine in New York City last night. A guy was gunned down a, a block away from his place, and he's in a nice part of town. And he said... It's the scariest he's ever seen it. He can't go out at night anymore, and it's just so sad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard the statistics of from America's great cities of how crime is just skyrocketing as the great progressive experiment continues. I'm more familiar with the cities of the West Coast, having lived on the West Coast for a quarter of a century or so. Um, but, yeah, all those stories you've heard are true. <clears throat> and it is sad. But back to Seattle, where Jason Rance is reporting on the story we brought you yesterday, that um, <clears throat> when the kids came back to some Seattle schools, there were homeless encampments actually on the school grounds, and the the, the, the ultra-woke school board types refused to do anything about it. Cut 70, Sean. I toured the encampment just a few days ago at Meany Middle School. This is one of the schools that's impacted. It's one not really far from the autonomous zone, and it's attached to a park, and that park serves as one of the ways that you get to this actual school, and it's simply overrun with homeless. And I'll be honest, I lost count of the amount of tents that are there, around 40, maybe 50. There's trash absolutely everywhere. I was briefly followed by a homeless man with a metal pole that he was banging on his hand in sort of a menacing way and despite being careful I managed to step on a syringe now thankfully no needle was attached but I mean imagine what's going to happen with more kids showing up boy is that troubling that is crazy and then the response from the school board 71 
but schools are set to reopen in Washington State in just under two weeks. In this internal email to the mayor that I was able to get my hands on, school board director Zachary DeWolf asked for ideas on how to handle the situation that's happening there. But in no uncertain terms, he said, and this is a direct quote, I want to state very clearly, this is not an ask for a sweep. But the city was going to do a sweep anyway because they realized that these people who are homeless are not taking up any offers of resources. They're not going into shelters. And that's when publicly the school board president, her name is Chandra Hampson, she put out a joint statement with DeWolf basically demanding that sweeps never be performed on school grounds adjacent or elsewhere. And they put never in all caps. So they're very, very serious. So the school board, which is sworn to serve the needs of the children, says we will never allow sweeps of these camps, even if they're on school grounds, especially if they're on school grounds. And, you know, the context of the story makes it clear. The whole image of the poor homeless, housing prices, they had one medical problem. These are junkies. They're drug addicts. They're bums to a large extent. And the woke idiots won't do anything about it. Let's head down the coast. Sacramento, California. It's the capital of the state. There's a giant freeway project under an elevated portion of a couple of interstates going on. <clears throat> and there was a gigantic bum camp under it. And they've got to move them because they got to get the gear in there to do the work. And they're struggling with what to do. Where are these people supposed to go? Asked the activists. Several unsheltered people living under the freeway recently told the Sacramento Bee, the local paper, that they were not inclined to live at a city-run site, fearing that the city would impose rules that are too strict, and expressing concern about other problematic homeless people they might find themselves living next to, meaning they would just rather live rough. And so the city is going to spend actually an admirably modest amount of money Building, uh, I think the pilot program is 150 of these tiny homes. They're about the size of a, a medium-sized closet. But it's to keep the rain off people's heads and keep them from freezing. It's much, much better than the legendary, true but legendary half million dollar per unit boondoggle Los Angeles is involved in. But so, uh, SACTO, trying to figure out how to house the bums and junkies, they're proposing essentially... Little crates. But uh, even with that, if I'm willing to live out in the open to continue to get to be a drug addict or drunk or whatever I am, it's just going to be easier now that you've given me a little bit of shelter. I mean, you're. Uh, I, I guess my point being, how are you ever going to get below the number of people you've sheltered? Right. Right. Well, and there's an inflow, too. I mean, the more generous and easy it is to be a junkie, the more you're going to get. And I love how the one who is this one person uh, is one of your city fathers says uh, of moving the the bums and junkies out from the camp they're in. Some people might not be ready for this. So so much for the narrative of the poor and desperate. No, they're saying, no, I don't want to follow a bunch of rules. Besides, you might bunk me next to some weirdo and I like it here. I made uh, uh, went an exit too far the other day and had to turn around and go back, so I had to go underneath an interstate uh, I don't normally travel on the other day. And and my kids saw something that like I never saw until a couple of years ago in my entire life. The only place I'd ever seen anything like it was when we were in South Africa around Cape Town. That's the only place I'd ever seen anything like that in my life. My well, that's my... because of rising housing prices, Jack. Oh, wait a minute. A couple generations ago, uh, it was a 19% mortgage rates. You know? That's expensive housing. 
Meanwhile, in beautiful Los Angeles, speaking of which, they continue to lead the entire globe, the, the city fathers of Los Angeles, in idiotic, wasteful, and utterly contemptuous of the citizens' plans for dealing with the bums and junkies. We were talking about how in Seattle they're putting the needs of the bumps and junkies in front of the children, for the love of God. What about the people in the neighborhoods? What about the people who paid dearly for, for housing in Los Angeles, often in really desirable locations, and now they got junkies in front of their houses and they can't do anything about it? Nobody gives a crap about their needs. But a couple of stories from L.A. This is from KABC. <clears throat> Uh, TV, I believe. City struggles to house Los Angeles' growing homeless population. Council member Mike Bonin. I like bone-in pork chops. Those are good. I don't know why the bone-in helps more, but it, it's just more flavorful. You've you handled the hold on to. That's what I like. Yeah, too. Nice bone-in T-bone as well. Fighting mm-hmm. my hands. New York steak. Man, I like meat. Anyway, council member Mike Bonin has pronounced a uh, motion. You know, there's a dirty joke I could make, too, but I'm going to pass on it. You know why? Do you know why? Because I'm an adult. Hambone, hambone, what do you say? (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mike Bonin has proposed a motion that would bring temporary homeless sites to county beaches. The beaches of L.A., soon to be your latest junkie camp. That won't affect tourism at all. You already can't go to Venice Beach. It's too weird and scary. Now it's going to be actually on the beaches. Beaches? And then finally this. There's more. They're talking about the the ongoing debate about closing Echo Lake Park in Los Angeles. And uh, an editorial in the L.A. Times, I believe this is by their editorial board, says, The city should not consider clearing any encampment until every single homeless person there has been offered a safe individual space, preferably in a hotel room or a motel room. That's, uh, you are living in la-la land. And Pardon Jack, that- the pun. That doesn't, well played, that doesn't mean an offer for a bed in a group shelter. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you got some junkie in a nice park ruining a neighborhood. Maybe they're living next to a school. Maybe they're clogging up the beaches. And it's a a tragedy, allegedly, that I'm supposed to shed bitter tears over. And you go to that junkie and you offer them a shelter, a bed. A mini home, like Sacramento is thinking about doing, whatever. And the L.A. editorial board says, no, 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 no. You have to get them a nice hotel or motel room, not some filthy shelter. And that doesn't definitely doesn't mean forcing someone to a sidewalk or underpass somewhere that, out of the park into an underpass. That's not an offer. That's being shooed away. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's what I want to do. I want to shoo people away. Yeah, you can't be here. You're ruining people's neighborhoods. Where am I supposed to go? Somewhere else. How about you get clean? How about you quit doing drugs? You know, if they're mentally ill or something, their their programs are probably insufficient, but let's talk about that separately. But some guy who just doesn't want to work and he likes living outside and doing drugs all day, ruining the city, got to open the beaches, and, and, and if they turn their nose up at a bed in a shelter, okay, what would you like, sir? A motel room? A motel. Hell no, I want a hotel with a buffet in the morning. Yes, sir, we'll see what we can do to accommodate you. I don't know about you, Jack. Every time I I travel, I have to pay for a hotel room, and it costs. It costs a fair amount. Unbelievable. You make it easy and comfortable to have more bums and junkies, you're going to get more bums and junkies, period. And as if if that isn't a big enough problem, are we about to enter the whoring 20s? 
Is this going to be a slutty <coughs> summer? Hmm. According to many culture watchers, that's where we're headed, Sean. Let me adjust my headphones. It sounded as if you said the whoring 20. <laughs> exactly. You're going to hear oh that my. term a lot. So get used oh to it. Uh, that, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What they're making right now is the world's biggest birthday cake for the 100th birthday of the Chinese Communist Party in a couple of months' time. That's a big deal to Chairman Xi. What do you give the man who has everything? Well, he's got all the Uyghur body parts he needs, and he's using Hong Kong's constitution to light the barbecue at his beach house, so they'd like to give him Taiwan. As the Associated Press reports today, the American military is warning that China is probably accelerating its timetable for capturing control of Taiwan, the island democracy that is widely seen as the most likely trigger for a potentially catastrophic U.S.-China war. Catastrophic for whom? As I said, China makes all our aspirins, oh, and our batteries. So a couple of weeks into the war to liberate Taiwan, we'd have the mother of all splitting headaches because none of our electronic gizmos would work. So I can't honestly see it coming to war, which means we're just going to have more and more of those foot of page 37 news stories about the latest exciting new Chinese rectal swab billionaires until even our brain-dead State Department figures it out. Hey now. Oof. Strong well, stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of the theory in the 20th century that the more intertwined countries were in trade, the less likely they were to go to war, which was true until it wasn't true. Uh, but it, I hadn't really cons- considered since, you know, the fellow with the funny mustache, a thoroughly intertwined couple of countries where one decides... We're going to use that intertwining not to say uh, maintain the peace, but to utterly bully and run roughshod over our trading partner hmm. while holding their bank accounts hostage. That's the story of the century. It will be eventually. I mean, I was just looking up. Uh, half of uh, nearly half of Americans want The Rock to run for president. We're still such a successful, soft, happy country that we argue over our pronouns and which celebrity we want to be our governor or president and we're a long way from waking up to the realities of the history of the world uh china uh, doesn't seem to have that problem so right they are busy putting everybody who does not march in lockstep with the dictates of the communist party into concentration camps so there's that i'm trying to figure out uh, what do we got coming up you have something coming up in hour three well uh people predicting cities burning if the quote-unquote correct verdict isn't uh, returned in the Derek chauvin trial oh boy plus uh speaking of china uh, they issued a stern warning to the u.s not to boycott next year's winter olympics uh, I would like to discuss that with you. There's no way the free world can participate in the Winter Olympics in Beijing in 2022. It, it just it seems too horrifying. No and way. I hated the the previous eras of boycotts. Yeah. The tit for tat boycotts didn't like it. This is a whole level level different though. More on that later. 
I'm trying to figure out whether this is real or not, or this is oftentimes a uh, a, a, a TV show, a new a newspaper, whatever, a, a magazine, a website will will make up a premise and then then just try to come up with quotes to back it up, and it's you know. Are we about to enter the whoring 20s? <laughs> or at the very least, in the short-term, slutty summer. Shot girl summer, summer calling it. Shot girl? Well, hot girl summer is a hot song from uh, Brandy the Stallion. What's her name? Megan. Megan, Megan the, the Stallion. Stallion. Megan the, the Stallion. So many stallions. Hot girl summer. But shot girl summer, slutty summer, and uh, the beginning of the whoring 20s. And I was trying right. to figure Just out quit this, saying those this, things. <laughs> I was trying to figure out whether this was real or not, and they're actually uh, quoting a number of different websites that say uh, they're seeing a ramping up in um, uh, activity for dating and stuff like that as more and more people are getting vaccinated. And then they quote an historian or two about the history of uh, pandemics ending is that cultures go a little wild and crazy, having been locked down and scared Ah, for so long. Right. They're feeling the zest of life. He, we as a country collectively, I don't think have ever been as touch starved as we are right now. And I think that's going to really kind of present itself, uh, as the summer. Are you rolls predicting on. the whoring 20s, John? Touch starved. Do you sit around thinking up those phrases? That's really good. Uh, is hoping Child. predicting? <laughs> Beautiful. Armstrong and Getty.